Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, Deep State Radio listeners. To celebrate the launch of our new login and feed management system, we are offering membership for just $5 per month or $50 per year. Members receive access to exclusive bonus content, an invitation to the DSR Slack community, an ad-free listening experience, a nightly newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief podcast, and more. To take advantage of this offer, please visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy. There is no need to enter a promo code. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy. Thank you very much. This is Deep State Radio, coming to you direct from our super-secret studio in the third sub-basement of the Ministry of SNARK in Washington, D.C., and from other undisclosed locations across America and around the world. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, David Rothkopf, coming to you from, mm, I don't know, 100 miles or so east of New York City. Um, in New York City, we are joined today by Norm Ornstein of the American Enterprise Institute, also co-host of our Words Matter podcast, uh, and soon will be joined by his co-host on the Words Matter podcast, Dr. Kavita Patel, who's on MSNBC at the moment. So what, what's going on here, Norm? Like we used to like have regular podcasts and now you guys are having your own podcast. I mean, do you talk about me behind my back? Uh, all the time, but not on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, no, you know, it seems uh, a little weird in many ways that we have podcast upon podcast upon podcast. But let's face it, David, the reality is that even in an hour, you can't cover uh, the basics, much less the nuances of everything that's happening around us. We have podcast upon podcast because we have crisis upon crisis. And today demonstrates that uh, as much as anything, that we have two earth-shaking rulings from the Supreme Court. One is gonna get an enormous amount of attention. The other that is quite significant, uh, basically shredding the Miranda ruling, uh, won't. And of course, we've got more big ones to come. And we have a Supreme Court that uh, I would argue has uh, basically completely detached itself from uh, the political system, views itself as the only body that matters in the country uh, and is, spitting on, uh, to use the polite term, uh, legislatures everywhere and uh, governors and state laws, uh, unless it's an area where they're uh, happy with state laws, uh, but they'll uh, basically blow up uh, what's happened at the federal level. And uh, all of that is before we get to January 6th, where the earth shaking news we hear right before this next hearing is that they actually raided the home of Jeffrey Clark, the man who Trump 
tried to manipulate into becoming the acting attorney general so that he could uh, give him the green light he wanted to negate the results of the election. So there's an awful lot of stuff happening and we're only going to be able to scratch the surface. Yeah. Well, and I, I want folks who are listening to know, you know, we produce both of these podcasts and the theory is that the Words Matter podcast is really focused on the, the run-up to the 2022 election um, and things that impact that, like the January 6th hearing, and whereas the, the theory behind this podcast is, 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 is a little bit more amorphous, just dealing with what we've dealt with in Deep State Radio for a long time, which is to say big issues that we think are affecting uh, the health and security of the United States and the world. Um, uh, and as you point out, you did a podcast and recorded it earlier this morning and uh, focused, I think, on the January 6th uh, uh, committee. Uh, but since then, a number of these other things have broken. Uh, talking about the Supreme Court, I get this sense that this may end up being the worst and most damaging month in the history of the Supreme Court or the recent history of the Supreme Court since just earlier this week, we had a ruling uh, that effectively gutted the idea of separation of church and state with regard to program in Maine that provided uh, parents with funds so that they could pay for education of kids who, who did not have access to public education, uh, in which the court said those funds need to be used for religious schools. Um, uh, this this steps in, in ways that uh, dissenters like Justices Breyer and Sotomayor uh, uh, indicated all over the idea of uh, the Establishment Clause and the First Amendment, the whole idea of the wall uh, between church and state that Jefferson and, and specifically Madison referred to when they wrote the Constitution. Uh, or when Madison was the primary author of the Constitution, and as you say, we've 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 got this Miranda ruling, we've got a New York gun ruling, um, and we're waiting any day now for the ruling that everybody felt was going to be the most momentous, which is overturning Roe v. Wade. I saw a comment by Neil Katyal, which uh, I thought was was pretty incisive, in which he noted that. Uh, you know, apropos of your earlier comment, uh, neither consistency nor precedent nor logic nor legal analysis uh, is seen as a constraint by this court. And uh, in particular, in the case of New York State, they have said uh, states do not have the right to determine their own laws with regards to guns. Um, but um, within within the abortion decision, their decision is going to be states do have the right uh, to to uh, set rules regarding abortion. Um, what do you do with a Supreme Court that's gone rogue? And it has gone completely rogue. And uh, we should note that while there is an occasional decision that ends up now five four because John Roberts is desperate to maintain some semblance of integrity uh, on what is uh, called the Roberts Court, he's the Chief Justice, that on the main decision involving religion, on the 
uh, decision today uh, written by uh, Clarence Thomas that uh, basically uh, blows up most of what's left of uh, gun laws, um, taking on a New York law that we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, it's uh, six justices. And if you think about the, uh, let me talk for a minute about the main case. Uh, there is absolutely no way in which a genuine originalist could look at the First Amendment and the history and the framers' ideas about religion and say that forcing taxpayers to pay for religious schools fits within that context. They're rewriting it to fit their own predispositions. And I will make you a, a sort of prediction right now, which is that if some uh, more radical uh, Islamic group put up a madrasa in Maine in the right jurisdiction and said, okay, we want taxpayer money for this, that the Supreme Court will find a way to say, no, that's not what we meant by this. And in effect, because we also know that this court has done some pretty radical things more broadly on religious freedom, that uh, you know, uh, groups operating under the guise of a religion, not just religious groups, can deny protections to different kinds of people if it doesn't fit their religious predispositions. Well, now we have a big test of that as uh, Reformed Jews in Florida have said our religion demands that we protect women in their life and health by giving them abortions. And they're going to find a way to say, no, it doesn't apply to that. The only religious freedom we're dealing with here and the ability of taxpayers to subsidize it seems to be about conservative Christian groups. So you've got that. You have, uh, you know, it's 130 some pages with the uh, decision and dissent on uh, this uh, gun issue, the New York Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, which was a, by any standard, a reasonable New York law that said, if you have the right to possess a handgun and you've got a permit for it and you can keep it in your house to protect yourself against a home invasion, but unless you have a reason that you can give us to carry a loaded gun out onto the streets of New York, you're not gonna be allowed to let it leave your house. And now the court has said, that's a violation, uh, not just of the second amendment, but Justice Thomas in one of the most uh, ridiculous leaps says it's a violation of the 14th amendment. And the way in which they rewrite the constitutional history, there weren't handguns, the way in which they've obliterated the one provision of uh, the Heller decision, which itself basically wrote out of the Constitution the initial clause of the Second Amendment about a well-regulated militia, but also said, this doesn't mean you can't regulate who gets guns, where they can use guns, what kinds of guns, and basically said it's open season. And uh, one other element of this that I wanna mention uh, in his concurring opinion, Justice Kavanaugh said, well, 43 states already have provisions where you can uh, say that you need a permit to carry a gun, and they can still require uh, these permits. What New York is going to do 
And New York had, had basically bent over backwards. They didn't say you can't have a handgun. They said, you got a permit. Almost anybody can get a permit, an adult, but you can't let it leave your house. They're gonna rewrite the law uh, for a, a handgun permit that will say you can't have a handgun in your home unless you can prove a reason for it. And the Supreme Court will strike that down too. This is a lawless court. This is a court that is not accepting its role as the third branch of government, but trying to supersede what legislatures do and get back to your question, what do you do about it? I don't know what we're gonna be able to do about it because we don't have the numbers in Congress to curtail their jurisdiction or to rebalance the court after it was moved in, packed basically by Mitch McConnell and his allies uh, breaking every norm that we've had over uh, hundreds of years about how you do uh, Supreme Court confirmations. Yeah, no question about it. Um, uh, the, my column today in the Daily Beast is about the main case and about the death of uh, uh, the, the idea of the separation of church and state. Um, it is striking to me, looking at each of these cases, that all the things that the Republicans said they were and that they stood for are, are clearly disproven by their behavior. They said they were originalists or textualists that respected the uh, intent of the founders. They don't. The words of the Constitution, they don't, as you say, this uh, argument by that Thomas that the uh, Second and the 14th Amendment guarantee the right to carry a concealed handgun is one of the most absurd conclusions I've ever seen drawn by a justice. The reality, of course, is, you know, go look at those amendments. Neither one of them says anything of the sort, makes any mention of a concealed handgun, even hints at that. Um, they uh, say they are uh, pro-law and order and are trying to produce a society full of people who are armed. They say they're pro-life, uh, and yet they are putting weapons in the hands of everybody knowing full well that countless innocent lives will uh, be taken. Um, uh, they say they stand on principle. They don't. They say they uh, are for states' rights. Uh, they are not. Uh, they are for imposing their view. And, um, you know, the, 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 the question becomes, you know, do we just sit there and take it? Um, I would say that you know, I, I've, I've sort of had this idea, and I think we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, that we're becoming a divided country, essentially two sets of rules for two different kinds of states that have different values. Um, I don't think that's true anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think that the objective of the radical right, and let's not call these people conservatives, they're anything but, yeah. but I think the objective of the radical right is to ensure that a minority, a white, Christian, male, right-leaning minority can impose their view on everybody else. Um, uh, and as you say, um, you know, let's just see what happens when states uh, are providing funding to religious entities uh, and how they pick and choose and what rules they state. You know, Madison, when he wrote about separation of church and state after, after the constitution was passed, talked about one of the reasons for it was 
preserving the purity of the religions. In other words, once states yeah. can write checks, um, they can dictate the terms on which religions operate. Uh, so we're we're in a tough situation, and I, and I, and I guess one of the things that impedes us from doing anything, and you made an allusion to this, is the Democrats want to play by an old set of rules that the Republicans haven't been playing for for 40 <laughs> years. Uh, and, you know, you have talked passionately and with great uh, insight about the issue of filibuster reform and so forth. Democrats have debated things like, you know, should, should we add people to the court? Um, even more radical in the ideas of some Democrats is, well, you know, Kavanaugh lied to get on the court. Barrett lied to get on the court. Um, Clarence Thomas's wife supported the insurrection. But let's not do anything about any of that. Um, and I think, you know, frankly, Democrats are being patsies in the face of an aggressive takeover attempt. Um, uh, and the only way to stop it is, you know, when you have the 51 votes you need is to change the rules and to change the court? Or, or, or do you think I'm being a crazy radical too? No, I, I, unfortunately, we don't have the 51 votes uh, to do anything. There's another direction which you could take. The Constitution sets up fairly narrow original jurisdiction for a Supreme Court. The court has expanded that to cover almost everything. There is, uh, you know, this is a court where you have six justices who basically said, precedent doesn't mean anything if we want to change it. Well, the real precedent here is Marbury versus Madison. And that is not in the Constitution. Constitution doesn't say the Supreme Court can invalidate any law it wants because it says it's unconstitutional. That was established by a precedent early in uh, the Republic's history, and it was used with some uh, limitations for a long time. Uh, we may be getting uh, closer to the point where you're going to have at some stage of Congress that says, you're not uh, representative anymore, and we no longer believe you should be able to have the ability to overrule us, and we're going to alter your jurisdiction. One of the things, if we had the will and we had the numbers, uh, and this is extremely frightening as we look ahead and we can get back to the uh, January 6th hearings uh, that reflect on this. It's not just what happened in 2020, it's the dangers of 2024. And we know if the 2022 elections go badly and we have state legislatures uh, in places like Pennsylvania and Arizona, uh, and Wisconsin, dominated by radical Republicans who decide that whatever happens in their states, they're just going to award the electoral votes to the Republican nominee for president, that we're going to have a Supreme Court. Uh, Kavid and I were talking earlier, I call it the Alito Court. It's not the Roberts Court anymore. That will buy into this doctrine that Alito's already embraced, that was used first in Bush v. Gore, only in Bush v. Gore, and they said it, so it doesn't apply to anything else, that the direct wording of the constitution says state legislatures have the role in selecting electors and state courts, other entities have no right to interfere even if they violate their own state constitutions or laws. If that is what happens, 
then I would say if I'm Congress, you know, the constitution directly says that it is Congress that has the right to regulate the time, manner, and place of elections. It doesn't include any courts, including the Supreme Court. So never mind Citizens United, never mind Shelby County. You don't have any role here, and that is the precedent that you're setting. But we're not going to see those confrontations. And the only question is when you reach a point where the public decides that the only justification and power of the Supreme Court comes in its legitimacy. That's why you see another something that Kavita and I talked about a little bit uh, earlier, uh, Justice Sotomayor going out of her way to praise Justice Thomas <laughs> as such a wonderful human being because they're desperate to make sure that the job that they have is not uh, fundamentally erased by people saying that it's illegitimate. Uh, at some point, we're going to have a public that is regularly seeing its preferences channeled through its elected representatives in many cases, erased by a court that is doesn't have that authority. And we've got bigger crises ahead. And of course, all of this means the court could go beyond these crazy radical things that it's doing now. There's more ahead. Besides the Dobbs decision on abortion, we've got the West Virginia versus EPA, which may basically eradicate the ability of agencies to regulate environmental and other things. But then we have the direct uh, uh, threat to the elections in 2024 and the fundamentals of our democracy. Uh, this is yep. not good. Yeah, and we and we also have upcoming uh, decision on a further uh, separation of church and state decision regarding uh, prayer uh, uh, on, on the football yeah. field, but it's not, it's, it, it's more than that. Uh, Kavita has joined us. Kavita, we've been sp speaking about the Supreme Court as you have gathered. Um, not, uh, monkey not monkey pox, my other not not, not Not, not yeah. monkey pox, okay. although <laughs> I, I do note that, that uh, monkey pox vaccine was made available in Brooklyn, New York today to people who've had multiple sexual partners like the decision and mm -hmm. he hoped people would speak out um you know you and i and others on this podcast have been supportive of the president from time to time but that sounds like pretty weak yeah response to me it, you know it's you know it's like oh you know hand rigging you know we you know the republicans are are are, are part of a 40-year plan to ride roughshod over our institutions and wrest power away from the majority and democrats are like this makes me real uncomfortable. Well, not only that, I actually, so Norm and I talked about January 6th. We talked, we focused on the Supreme Court actually. And, and so it was very relevant. And I saw that, I think uh, when I saw the White House kind of statement go out, I said, I had the exact same reaction. And in fact, let me just, uh, I, I have to, since Norm and I are doing words matter and not to promote that heavily, but of course I'm hoping everybody hey, look, here is listening to These are all deep state radio podcasts. These are all, exactly, promote it, exactly. Promote it as heavily as you want, but make sure when you're talking on words matter that you promote the other ones too. Oh yeah, well, that's a, without a doubt. My goodness, of course. So two things I noted, I call on Americans across the country to make their voices heard on gun safety. I mean, what the hell? What, first of all, like, what more do you what do you need me to do? Do you need me to stampede the motorcade and get arrested? I mean, I'm not sure what more 
we need to do to quote, make our voices heard. I mean, this is insane. And then a little bit above this statement, which just, I, I, the fact that it was just a statement alone, I actually thought just having all three of us have advised presidents in different capacities. I, I can't imagine a more important time to break into the news and like all state, you know, just absolutely like flag, you know, Kathy Hochul took the news cycle because she at least was like, what the hell is happening? We've got to do something about this. But where was Biden? And, and, and then he starts, and then a little bit above that, in the wake of the horrific attacks in Buffalo and Uvalde, as well as the daily acts of gun violence, we must do more as a society. He didn't even take the time. I've now read deeper into that 135 pages that I'm sure both of you have. I mean, basically Alito is saying like, nobody cares about gun violence or how extreme actual gun violence is. That's a separate issue. So it doesn't matter what the, it does not matter what the numbers of acts or degree of acts of senseless gun violence are. This is the, you know, this is the law and this will remain the law. You know, that, that those two things, which I don't think, oh, and I'll even triple down on that. Just thinking about what constitutes kind of sensitive places, you know, courthouses, of course, you can't bring a loaded gun in there, polling places, sure, everything else, pre-K school teachers, that's not a, you know, pre-K classrooms. Outside Supreme Court. Exactly. No, wait a minute. Notice he didn't say, right, exactly. (laughs) He's like, Brett Kavanaugh's house right across from there. That's a sensitive place. But mind you, David and Norm. That, you know, let's do it in the middle of like um, a neonatal birth unit. That's not a sensitive place. Like, I mean, know, Alito's is, argument, it was- It's, it, it's stunning is, that Biden didn't take, this is the problem with Democrats. I cannot tell you how infuriated I am. This is the problem with Democrats. And I know you and I, we're all Biden fans. God, God help us that I didn't, I needed him to win this election. Or I'm a big Kamala Harris fan. You have also defended her. But man, I'm telling you, this is weak sauce. Weak sauce. It is, it is weak sauce. And weak our sauce. friend, our friend, Lori Garrett sent something out about that a, a, an hour ago. And, and I responded to her and you know what I responded, Kavita? Weak sauce. Weak sauce. <laughs> yeah, no, that was what I, it was, we may, we may actually call this podcast weak sauce, but that this oh. week, but, but, but I, but I have to say, I agree. And I looked at the Alito decision and one of the arguments that Alito made, which was on the par with the ludicrous Clarence Thomas assertion that the second and the 14th amendment guarantee you the right to a concealed weapon, which of course don't, uh, was Alito's argument that because we have so many guns, that is why having these weapons makes sense. In other words, because our gun laws are so crazy, we need to have crazier gun laws. And, you know, this is, this is nuts. And Norm, I, before I do, I, I want to say one thing. Um, and I don't, no, no one needs to speak for Sonia Sotomayor. I am certain that the reason she said what she said about mm-hmm. Clarence Thomas was because mm-hmm. she thinks Clarence Thomas is a decent human being, quite apart from his opinions, and not because she was trying to defend the court. But that's just my opinion. Um, but let me, let me ask you, Norm, this was weak sauce. The president of the United States was essentially putting himself in the role of play-by-play announcer of the destruction of the Republic, which seems to me to be inadequate. How did you react to it? I, I feel the same way as both of you. And in a more general sense, we are heading at this point towards a train wreck in November. 
Um, the American people at this point, um, is, I think it's probably accurate in a number of polls. The election were held today. Uh, at best, Joe Biden would be in a dead heat with Donald Trump. After everything we know and everything we've seen, we know that the right has always been able to get its voters charged up by viewing themselves as victims. And now it's going to be they're trying to take away the Supreme Court and delegitimize everything. Uh, their voters are going to turn out. And Democrats have been demoralized and disillusioned, and they haven't gotten what they wanted, and they haven't been aware of the threats. And at this point, there are probably a significant number of independents and lazy college-educated Republicans who are more concerned about inflation than anything else who will vote Republican. It is incumbent upon the president, who has the big bully pulpit, and Democrats more generally, and I see failures in the House and Senate as well, to make it clear, even more so now with the Supreme Court and other judges, that we are in an existential battle, that this is not about what you can do to curb inflation. This is not about whether you can build bipartisanship, even if you get these small deals uh, every once in a while. It is about whether you're for democracy or for autocracy, and whether you are for a Christian nationalist state uh, dominated by a Supreme Court that wants to move in that direction and a whole lot of state uh, governments that will be willing to do so and uh, a dystopian future or not. And if you can't mobilize to get the public aware, which only people with those uh, microphones, uh, uh, megaphones, I should say, can do, we're in big, big trouble. And you can't just rely on these horrible decisions to mobilize people. You have to make it clear that if you let the Republicans have control of the Senate, for example, you're going to end up with more preponderance of radical judges making decisions that go completely against the grain of what the public wants and against our history. And you're going to end up with completely dysfunctional government uh, that will make all of our lives more difficult. And I don't see any of this. I see no sense of urgency. And frankly, with all of this, as we're going through this crisis over what happened in 2020, heading towards the crisis of 2024 and all these other things, Congress is about to go away for two full weeks. It's saying. Insane, Norm. This, this, every year this comes up and we're like, this is one of the few years where I thought, are you kidding me? This is the time you decide to take two two weeks off for yeah. what? Fundraising? No, no, it, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Look, I want to follow up on this, but uh, this is the moment we say goodbye to the folks that are listening uh, in the general public. And we say, if you want to listen to the whole podcast, that you should become a member, uh, just like we say on all of our, our, our podcasts, including uh, Words Matter and the others. And... You get a lot of value for becoming a member and uh, and it's five bucks a month. So why don't you try and do that? Uh, go to the dsrnetwork.com, uh, click on becoming a member and join us for these whole uh, discussions. For those of you who are members, stand by. We're going to keep going. 